Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The best late night conservative talk show in America. Black Kids Radio. And listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Sackhead Sean and Sackhead Clint. Uh, and uh, we're working on immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here, too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best and late-night conservative talk, Sackhead's Radio. And welcome to another edition of Sackhead's Radio. I'm your sh- host, Sackhead Clint. Here, sitting to my right, is Sackhead Sacco. We're live from Freedom Fest 2015, Las Vegas, Nevada. We have a very special guest with you today. Uh, we are here with Mr. Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation. Welcome, sir. Hey, thank you. It's good to be with you. It's, it's excellent to have you here. And we had an opportunity to talk uh, a little bit yesterday. And I'm very excited to have you here today. Uh, one of the uh, uh, researchers for the Chief Economist over at the Heritage uh, Foundation. I'd like to know uh, a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing over there. Um, well, we're doing a, a lot of... Primarily focusing on how state policies um, can actually affect where people live, where people start their businesses, what those policies are, mm-hmm. and um, how best state governments can implement um, positive change. So, um, for example, like I know there's an influx right now of people from say California going into Texas, and Governor Perry uh, came out and he said essentially that he wants to take those those people from California and bring them in, in, into you know in, into Texas for, for business California is a horrible business environment um, I know because our business is based out of California and uh, it seems that we have more people going into Texas I'm using that as one example I'm sure you have other examples um, to share and is that due to, to the to the to the fiscal policies of the individual states that in, in large part is responsible and uh, you bring up California and Texas and that really is probably the most stark example uh, of people clearly choosing freedom-oriented states over big government states. Over the most recent 10-year period, approximately a million people, U.S. citizens, have left California to move elsewhere. Right. And at the same time, Texas has um, seen about the same amount move into Texas from elsewhere uh, in, in the country. And, and it seems like that would, uh, I mean, you look at, Cal- I mean, California now maybe is going through some kind of, I mean, maybe they've stopped some of the downward spiral they were in. Uh, how I don't know. They still have that bullet train to nowhere, which is like a great idea, right? Um, and then, but but you have Texas now. Is that what is that doing as far as bringing those types of people in? What is that doing for them uh, from a financial standpoint? Um, well, for people moving to Texas, it often means a significant rise in their personal income, even if they do not get uh, a pay raise. And I've actually written uh, a few stories on this of just using real life examples. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the situations was a friend of mine who moved from Washington D.C to Austin, Texas, and actually took a bit of a pay cut. Okay. But after moving to Texas, she saw her take-home pay increase by, uh, I think it was close to $1,000 a wow. month. When you add in all of the uh, lower taxes, when you add in the, co- the lower cost of living, and she's getting ahead. People are moving from other parts of the country, especially just starting out, mm. and able to buy a home, 
have money to actually save for retirement. And that, in large part, is due to the fact that Texas has no income tax, right. lower property taxes, lower sales taxes as a whole. And it's easier for other types of people, particularly risk takers, to go ahead and take a chance on new businesses uh, in the state. And as you and I both know, much of our economic growth depends on those risk takers establishing successful ventures that then have jobs for other people. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it, it, it seems it seems that there are other states in the union. Not, I mean, not just Texas is kind of like the prime example that comes to my mind. Um, but uh, you, you look at the model of, of Texas and how successful it's been, uh, particularly when when we were going through uh, the, the rough economic downturn that we just had and we're still in, really. Um, but Texas hasn't been hit as hard. And why won't the other states or the federal government particularly um, pay attention to that model and, and go down that road? It seems like um, the politicians are still want, they still want their big social programs. They still want their, their, you know, to tax the big evil corporations, the big evil business. I mean, our, 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 our show, our business here, we're incorporated. We're small, but we still pay the corporate uh, uh, the, the corporate tax penalty, I call it, in California, which is a flat, you pay X number of dollars just because you have that corporation title. Um, so how can, how can studying these states help us on a federal level? Um, well, let's go back to California. Sure. Uh, but, you know, it's not often, it's not always in the best interest of the politicians to actually implement the reforms. And if you go ahead and look at, say, state budgets, California versus Texas, mm-hmm. you know, Texas has lower taxes, but they actually employ more people proportionally okay. in the most needed areas of government, such as education, fire, police protection, the essential service that the government should be there to provide, like police and fire. Texas actually is able to employ more per 10,000 because they do not have all of the cushy benefits and they're not as bought and purchased as California legislators are by public sector unions. Right. And every time you have reforms uh, tried to push through in states like California or most recently Illinois, the public sector unions then pile on and uh, really stop any progress from being made and it just continues to saddle the future generations with an enormous amount of debt and you're going to have to choose whether to live with that burden or to leave your family, your friends, your life behind and go elsewhere. And that's what's happening across the country. Now, it's interesting you talk about the public sector unions and this is something this just came to mind. So unions were uh, originally developed and they're supposed to protect the worker against the big evil corporation, right? So why do we need them to protect the worker from the government because these public sector employees work for the people. So how that doesn't make any sense to me. Why should public employees be allowed to unionize when the unions were there to protect from against the big business, not to protect public sector employees from the government that employs them when they're supposed to answer to the people? Does that make sense at all? No, it, okay. it does not make sense unless you look at, well, whose self-interests <laughs> right. are enabled right. here. And in that type of a situation with the public sector, you end up with one party on both sides of the bargaining table. Right. And you're negotiating for your contract, but then you're also, through your entity, funneling money over to those same politicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes a situation where a small percentage of the population that's employed by the government has an outsized voice with politicians that are inclined to look after their own careers first. And uh, I guess 
to use another state example, even look at what happened in Wisconsin with Governor Scott Walker mm-hmm. and the success reforms he put in place. If you look at the immense amount of money that was, which is our right, it's our, our free speech rights, but if you look at the immense amount of resources that were put in to knocking off legislators and knocking off the governor for actually pushing through reforms that help the people as a whole, right. you get a sense of how entrenched those interests are. Absolutely. Now, we know that each state's economy affects the economy of our nation as a whole. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Um, should we be focusing as a nation? Should we be focusing on policies as an individual on as an individual state by state basis, or does the federal government have more because each of those states' economy coming together and really affecting our national economy as a whole? Should the federal government have more input into almost like a blanket uh, national economic? policy or, or a blanket policy in terms of how businesses should operate or where they should incorporate or rules pertaining to businesses and so forth in each particular state. And, and I say that because, look, California used to be, what, the seventh largest economy in the world? And I know it's decreased. I know it used to feed it used to feed the world. And you look at the water policies of California, for example. California's in a drought right now, not because of lack of, I mean, because of lack of rainfall on one hand, but there have been no water projects um, built since the 70s. And there have been funds put in place by the voters to do so. Nothing's been done. They're not saving any water. Um, they flush the delta. They wait 31 billion gallons of fresh water wasted into the ocean because they want to flush the delta to prevent some fish that's not even native to the area from dying. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, but you, you, you look at those policies and kind of how California has really slid, particularly in the agricultural market, and how that's affected the economy of that state, which then obviously affects the economy of a nation as a whole. How involved, I guess, is is long way of saying, how involved should the federal government be in state policies because it can have such an adverse impact on the national economic uh, uh, scale? Well, that's a great question. Well, you know, our Constitution uh, uh, greatly limits the power of the federal government to be involved in individual states. Um, the biggest area in which federal government can be involved uh, in states would be anything that involves uh, interstate commerce. So it's, it's a, it is a limited role the federal government uh, can play. What the federal government uh, can do and what it should do, hopefully in the coming years, is stop the interference into the different states. That's where we could see immense improvements. Uh, for instance, the Environmental Protection Agency. If you look at what they have done According to a clause in the Constitution that allows them to regulate interstate waterways, they have successfully wielded their power to argue that regulating interstate waterways can involve regulating almost isolated ponds of water or standing water. And this is impacting ranchers, developers, uh, farmers across the country, and it is devastating some communities. So I would argue that uh, rather than have the federal government intervene in different state policies and say, do this or do that. Mm -hmm. Let's just start getting government out of the way in those areas in which they've encroached on the constitutional role. And just back to the the water situation, I was actually in Fresno uh, over this weekend, and I've been reading about the situation with being there and seeing those dried uh, dried up fields and seeing the signs that say, no water, no jobs. It really brings home the point that these uh, really uh, misguided environmental policies Mm. are hurting, and not just the ranchers and the farmers, but all of the tens of thousands of middle-class people that have depended on those jobs to actually live an independent, uh, uh, self-sufficient life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's horrible. And you, know, you bring up about the, f- the fact that, hey, the federal government can regulate that interstate commerce is what's affected by that. Um, 
you know, we talked about California, the big, the government created Dust Bowl, uh, which you have there now through the central part of the state. I mean, that, that's, that's agriculture that used to ship out, you know, worldwide. Um, and so, and I'm not a big federal government guy. I'm really not. Uh, but when you have state policies that affect now our ability to interstate commerce, global commerce, really, I'm talking about the food, uh, the food, the agricultural situation in California, uh, do you think it, is there a legal way for the federal government to come in and say, hey, your policies are now directing global commerce, which is have a negative impact on our, econo- our on economy as a nation, and we have this right and obligation to do this under the Constitution? Well, al- although I fully support relaxing these restrictions that are devastating the communities in California, mm-hmm. um, you have to be very cautious of the precedent that uh, any intervention of the federal government on that state level would, would create. And uh, even if I might like the outcome, even if I like the outcome of that intervention, Mm -hmm. it has to be done the correct way or else it could be used to do things we don't want in the future. And it really would erode the rule of law. So I would really argue get federal government out of the way with the EPA. And then on the state level, the focus has to be on pushing these state legislators to stop uh, rolling over to these special interests. Excellent. Mr. Griffith, it has been a pleasure, sir, speaking with you today. Is there anything else? Uh, where can, our, where can our, uh, our listeners read some of your articles you've written? I know it's on the Heritage Foundation site. You've written some excellent articles. I was just, uh, I was just reading the big lie um, that, uh, that uh, Obama has been telling about the middle class. A- excellent article. I encourage our listeners to, to, to check it out. Where can they find you, sir? Um, they could find um, most of my uh, recent articles at heritage.org under my name. Um, I've also written extensively on Red Alert Politics and uh, somewhat on uh, Breitbart.com as well. And uh, there are several very good pieces on Heritage about the uh, exaggerated claims of environmentalists back in the uh, construction of the Alaska Pipeline. I would recommend they take a look at that. Some great quotes from ages past from doom and gloom scientists that are now being used as references in the present battles. Excellent, sir. It has been a pleasure. And that's it from this edition of Sackhead's Radio Show. I'm Sackhead Clint, live from Freedom Fest 2015, signing off Las Vegas, Nevada. Sacco, take us out. Radio, and listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Sackhead Sean and Sackhead Clint. Uh, and uh, we're working on immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here, too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best in late night conservative talk, Sackhead's Radio. Hark, 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 dude. Hark, 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 dude. The best late night conservative talk show in America. In America. In America. And in this web was a large, I'm pretty sure it was the biggest spider I've ever seen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.